Hello, and welcome to another episode of Overdrinkers. My name is Mike Burge. I'm the host of this podcast. Nobody else gets to host it. It me. Just me. Mike Burge. And today, I am joined by a returning figurehead of the Story Scream Presents family. The lovely, talented, tall... Mm, keep going. Uh, devastatingly brilliant... Oh, yeah. Has a driver's license, does not have a car, (laughs) but still pulls it off. You're pulling it off like every day. You told me to keep going. Can I be a figurehead in my second visit to the pod? I think you are. You were a guest on one of my favorite episodes of Overdrinkers that we've done, all the way back when we did train spotting and train spotting to T2 train spotting. I am joined by uh, the luscious Tim Kelly. Tim Kelly. Hey everyone. How hey you doing? Mike. Hey. I'm great. Doing good. We yeah. actually uh today we're getting together to talk about a personal favorite film of both of ours. Uh as some of you listeners may or may not know, uh I myself am a big fan of the old Texas Hold'em poker playing. I like playing it. I'm okay. I enjoy wasting money. I really enjoy winning money. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I enjoy ta- I. talking yeah. with some friends. Tim is of the same mind. So we thought we'd get together today. Talking uh, about poker, lamenting our losses. Mm-hmm. Getting a little bit of Lovier, Edward Norton in there. Yeah. Some beautiful John Malkovich mm-hmm. uh, uh, slang accent that, that he's doing. That he's yeah. doing is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so today we are going to be talking about the 1998 film Rounders. 98. 1998. Okay. Uh, directed by John Dahl. Uh, this is the one that's got Matt Damon, Edward Norton in it, John Malkovich, John Turturro. Uh, they are in it as well. You got a little bit of uh, Martin Landau in there. Landau, crucial. Mm-hmm. And this is, uh, you know, this pretty much is Matt Damon's big, like, his first, like, kind of solo outing after, like, the big, he did Goodwill Hunting and The Rainmaker, you know, opposite, like, you know, Robin Williams and Danny DeVito. And, you know, he had the talented Mr. Ripley in there. And I think all the pretty horses were right before this. I think he'd just gotten cast in Saving Private Ryan, the Spielberg joint. So this is kind of his first go where they're like, he's the main character, he's the figurehead. You know, John Malkovich, John Totoro, they're big numbers at this point right now, but they're very small characters. Edward Norton is a side character. He's just getting going with this. You uh, were saying earlier, I was surprised that this is one of his early roles. This is, yeah, and this is uh, very yeah, early on in there. Watching, I guess I should have looked it up. It, it definitely has the feel of a 90s movie, late 90s, but... I, I kind of pegged it as a little later than that, but, you know, early Damon era. I mean, yeah, so this Damon is, at, at this point, I'm looking it up right now, because I know American History X was 98, the okay. same year, yeah. and uh, Fight Club 99 is the next. So this is right when he's, like, lifting off, and o- the only thing he's really got before this is uh, he was in The People versus Larry Flint as a minor character, uh, but his big one, of course, his, his big claim to fame uh, was Primal Fear, 96, Richard Gere, just before this. Uh, before we dive a little bit too mo- deeper yeah. into it, let us say, on Overdrinkers, we always drink a themed beverage yep. along with Rounders. So today, we are drinking ourselves some nice, good Kentucky straight yeah. bourbon. Cheers. Cheers to you, buddy. I was wondering. Let's do this. Mm. I almost wondered if we should have drank straight gin like uh, Martin Landau. There, we were watching it, professor. so the way this was, we've seen this movie so many times before, we didn't really need to watch it in advance to prepare. I yep. mean, we got together today, ate some Italian, beautiful Italian sandwiches yeah. from Rossi's right here in lovely Poughkeepsie, New York. By Rossi's. They are amazing. Please give us free and the sandwiches. Trump Taj Mahal. 
Trump Taj Mahal in this. this episode. Yeah, and I noticed. So sponsored we got to, by General Debauchery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, so we got together and we watched it today. We were coming fresh off of it right now. And I saw that I just really wanted to drink some whiskey today. Yeah. I mean, that's usually what we're knocking back when, when we play some poker games that we yeah. play in the past. Just seemed right. And when he's sitting in squalor after his girlfriend leaves him, he's drinking whiskey, I believe. So it, yeah, it makes sense. It makes sense. I think yeah. it's uh, whiskey is like the go-to when you're drinking at yeah. the casinos and you can drink for free. You're like, let me knock back some of that yeah. sweet, some of that sweet bourbon. Uh, but yeah, when Martin Lando's got that gin and he's like, always gin. I was like, fuck, I should have done yeah. gin. And it's the one liquor I don't have in the house right now. Yeah. Well, I used it all up. Because gin I love gin. I don't know if I want to be drinking it straight, so I think we're in no. good shape here. No, this our... is... Uh, whiskey's the one that yeah. I like where I can drink. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm recently getting into into uh, tequila lately, though. Okay. I got straight. a couple bottles of good tequila straight. Rock, a couple rocks and some wine. I've been developing a little bit of a old-fashioned. A tequila, uh, like a tequila old-fashioned, old okay. utilizing like maraschino cherries, some orange, and uh, like aromatic bitters. Well, that'll have to be our next one. Oh, it's delicious. I actually made one at the the bar that uh, me and Tim both work at a bar in Beacon, New York, and I made one for a guy who was looking for something a little different. Mm. Mm -hmm. Made him happy. Made him very happy. He was there with his wife, and she didn't seem too happy about it. But like Edward Norton says, all the women in the world, (laughs) they're the rakes. What's that saying? Yeah, Yeah, it's not a saying. (laughs) Uh, so yeah, we are obviously going to be uh, just diving directly into spoilers, as always on Overdrinkers. This is a uh, retrospective podcast, a conversational podcast. Me and Tim are just going to go over some of the stuff that we really dig about the movie, why we like it so much, things that we don't like about it. And we've also got some fun little trivia nonsense in here that we've uh, picked up over the years or just in the past two hours of watching the movie. Mm-hmm. So um, Tim, I'll start it off with you, man. Why is Rounders one of the greatest movies ever made? Oh, geez. Why don't you just open big on me? Yeah. Because I believe that it is. I believe that Rounders is one of the greatest sports movies ever made. Because it is a sports movie down down at the end of it. It's very rocky. Yeah. Well, it's an aspirational. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Start at the bottom. Try and make it to the top. I don't know. I like it because it's a poker movie first. And it gets the poker right. Mm -hmm. It does get the poker very right. So... Within you, reason, there's like yeah, it, of course, it yeah. It they've does. got they take some. Th- have you seen Casino Royale? Uh, the yeah, James Bond, yeah, Daniel yeah, Craig. Yeah, that's, that's also a really good but like Texas Hold'em poker. Like, so it, much. Yeah. This is much more grounded to like you know when me and you are playing poker, the pot very rarely gets higher than five hundred dollars yeah. when we're playing with a big group of people. These are very gigantic games. Yeah. They're they're throwing ten thousand, fifteen thousand dollars around like it's nothing. Well, yeah. While we're talking about the poker, actually. Watching it again after a while, I was realizing I'm not. I mean, it's a device they had to use. Wasn't super fond of the voiceover throughout. Yeah. Every time he's playing a mm-hmm. hand, you got to tell that audience. Anyway, we're here to praise the movie. No, no, no. no. It, we are here to also critique the movie, yeah. and I think that the voiceover is necessary. It, it's you know, necessary. Yeah, I will. Well, it didn't get in the way. It's just you know. It. Uh, I don't think it gets in the Especially way at towards all. Towards the end, I can deal without it. You know. Yeah, and I'm willing to meet the voiceover on its own terms because it gives us some of like the best lines of the movie. That's true. You know, the opening line is like. Like and, someone, and, someone once said, if you sit at a table and you don't notice, you don't find out who the sucker is in the first 30 minutes, you're the sucker. You're the sucker. Like, and that's a very yeah. good way to like introduce us to the mentality yeah. of this character. Uh, Michael McDermott, played by Matt Damon. Mike McD is what they call him. Mikey D. Mikey Mike, D. Mikey no, McD or something like that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, and he 
he's uh he's our pro protagonist. protagonist. He's our hero of the story that mm-hmm. we are watching, and this is something that we'll get into slowly as we go through the movie. Uh, but me and you have two very different mm-hmm. uh, po- uh, observations on what the movie is trying to well, say, which kind of brings us back to what your original question: why you like it so much? And I think no, I, I why think is I it like one it. of the greatest sports movies ever made? Oh, was okay, the question. So a, uh, but yeah, why no, do you? It was a little broader, and then you, why do then you, you brought it in. Why do you like it so much? Yeah. Well, anyway, it's a, basically it comes down to that scene. I think uh, what's the professor's name? Martin Landau in the movie. He's a professor. Does he's a professor? Yeah. yeah he's so like, he yeah. says to him basically, uh, things happen to you. Yeah, like fate. The world happens to you, and it's that moment when they're drinking gin, actually, mm-hmm. and. It's about your acceptance of that. Take over from me here. Um, no, no, yeah, no. Yeah, yeah, like you're getting that. Uh, he has that line where it's like, "Destiny chooses destiny you." Destiny chooses you. Yeah, and it's the idea. Like he and tells so you, I like to. Mm, you know what? You got keep going. No, yeah. no, no. Yeah, it's like he tells a story. He kind. Of, it's like a a metaphor that they like to do in movies where he he tells a story how he was his whole family has always been like his his father's father, father's father rabbis and he was trained to be a rabbi and he was one of the most gifted young 12 year olds in it and they were like you're going to be amazing and then he realized like he wasn't finding god in the scripture that he was reading and that he was preaching and so he found that he found this kind of like completionness in uh like this it made him feel whole to study law and so he decided to go to that but his his family never never gave it for it yeah and they never brought him back in. Mm-hmm. And this is something the movie talks about a lot with Martin Landau's character, with Edward Norton's character, and Matt Damon's character, and John Turturro's character. Accepting your who you are and your fate. Well, not so and much accepting who you are and your fate. It's it's more understanding what it is. And, and Martin Landau is of the idea that so there, there is no that choice. Understanding that it's happening to you. I understanding guess. that it's happening yeah, to yeah. you and like they all have like most good movies all of the characters are talking about the same thing but they all have different points of view of it whether or not they agree and you know uh edward norton's character worm and martin lando's control over themselves and their mm, destiny whether it's in their hands or not they all have different amounts of control so you've got someone like the professor at one end of the spectrum you've got worm at the other well this is this is what i'm saying they are they're actually saying the exact same thing like this is who we are are, yes and there's no changing it but whereas martin lando goes about it in a very kind of uh responsible socially acceptable way worm is very like um he's like an anarchist and he's like he he, he's a rebel and he constantly doesn't want to follow any lines he's like throwing things in the faces of everybody around him whether they're his friend or his enemy whereas martin lando is very different he's complete Mm -hmm. like you said the complete opposite of that but they at the core are teaching our hero the same thing you know it's not like in Star and Wars, the hero's got elements of both of those characters. Exactly, it's like himself, you don't have tugging like in Star Wars. Them. Luke Skywalker is a little bit of a brash idiot, but he also wants to do great things. And Obi Wan represents the great things that he can be, and Han Solo represents mm-hmm. that rebellious, like I don't care about anything. And that's those are the two kind of father figures that he has in that first movie, even though he kind of scorns Han because he kind of likes Leia. But that's a yeah. whole other thing. Yeah. Um, but the movie presents us with these characters that are all talking about 
you know, is it like with great power comes great responsibility kind of thing? Like you have mm-hmm. the power, like this is easy for you and you enjoy it and you can make a success off of this. Does that mean that it's something that you should follow or should you follow the thing that, you know, can be beneficial for other parts of your life? Okay. Such as Matt Damon going to law school. Uh, well, it also kind of touches on that with something as grandiose and frankly pretty stupid as wanting to be the world champion of the World Series of Poker. There's, you know. It's a, it's it's a nice like, enough dream. Or aspiration, not to yeah, yeah. not to treat it as if it's something that like he'll never attain because Lord knows he's got the skills to do it. We're no, okay. That right what I was getting, at, what I meant to say basically is that when you choose something like that, there is no in between. You can't have like nice things like girlfriends and apartments and you know what I mean, mm-hmm. like an addiction. Yeah, yeah, basically. Or be you can't be a law student while you have something like that hanging over your head. Absolutely, like, uh, an aspiration that you cannot let go of, right? No matter how seedy it is. Absolutely, yeah, and it's that's like. Breaking into that because it's something that I really want to discuss throughout the podcast is my point of view on this movie is that uh, Matt Damon's Mike is not a good guy. He's not he's not the good guy of the movie. There really is no good guy of the movie. There's uh, victims and the victimizers. And it's because he is presented time and time again with all of these opportunities to be able to just like really think straight and go against his gut reaction and his gut reaction is always going to be following that dream of getting to the world championship poker table mm-hmm. and being a Joe Ch- Joe Chan Joey Chan uh, John Chan John, John Chan Johnny Chan yeah. is he a real poker player yeah oh yes that's yeah. really cool I didn't know that I've seen um, this so many sure, times yeah. I didn't right. know. he's at least based on I'd imagine I he, he is I think he's at least based on when we probably can I bet you he is. We'll just go with that. Later. Yeah. We're gonna, yeah, we'll go with yeah, that. Yeah, if any listeners know whether or not he actually is, hit us up in the threads below. Um, but he's constantly given these opportunities to turn everything around. Constantly. he's uh, always, He is in the driver's seat of just about every situation that's going on until uh, it goes really, off though. the road because he keeps making these decisions so throughout the movie. So it starts out, he makes a terrible decision. That... Decision was in his hands. He's pulling money out of books, VHS sleeves, everywhere in his apartment behind pictures, gets all the money. He blows 30 grand. So we start start the the movie. He is hit rock bottom. So he gets his comeuppance. And no, he hits, he hits rock bottom. Let's let's talk about it like in the turn because we were watching it in terms of addiction because that's what's going on here. He is somebody, even the the talk, like when he picks up Worm, Worm is like, What do you mean you didn't? He's like, No, he says things like, I got cleaned out. I'm yeah, done. Yeah. Like he says these terms that are like he's done. I don't do, he's, that I don't do that anymore. That's not my life. And now he gets like this kind of um, uh, I'm drawing a blank on the word. It's a an enabler. He gets yeah. an enabler in Edward Norton. Yeah. Whereas he's had like a really strong rock in Gretchen Maul, who plays his girlfriend. Oh, by the way, the last scene before I I'm gonna interrupt you. No, no, no. While you're on that, so they see Worm and him get together. You got that. And the last scene we see Worm, you, Worm says to him. You're gonna thank me one day. At least I got you rounding again. Yeah. And they're at their they're at their second rock bottom, the new rock bottom. No, oh, this and is still, like though, you're fucked. You're not, not going anywhere. Yeah. yeah. But there's still that element of hope. I mean, it's an addiction. It accidentally happens to be his life's mission, or at least as the way in the way that the professor conveniently explains it to him. Right. The professor explains it to him in a way where the professor is enabling in his own way without realizing that he is. Because I think he on some level he does know he's enabling. I think that at the end, when he gives him the money, 
Yeah. When he gives him the well, 10 grand. Well, that's a clear... He understands But that it's beyond enabling he, at this point. It's just... No, it's no, no. Just, because earlier on when they're talking at the bar and he gives him that Destiny Chooses Us speech, he's unwittingly enabling this guy who's addicted to gambling and looking for inspiration from this father figure. Yeah. And he misreads the situation. Which, by the way, we never get a read on what his parents were up to. Well. Or where he's from. I mean, yeah. they're in New York. So we it, know it's, that it's un- parents it, Yeah, it's unneeded. Yeah, it's, we it's, know about the professor. Yeah. It's not though, right? Because well, we just know that he's looking for a father figure, right? And as he, but uh, kind of, getting okay, back to that, it's uh, yeah. he says that to him then, and then later on he realizes, oh my god, the thing that I said to you last time we met put, put you, you in, in the position that you're in right now, and that's why I he feels the other one. Yeah, yeah. that's why he okay, feels yeah. like responsible, and he gives him the ten grand, calls it a mitzvah, and he's like, don't yeah, worry yeah. about it, like it's. It's him realizing, like, oh, fuck, I fucked up. He didn't realize that this guy had that problem because, like many uh, recovering addicts or um, people who are currently addicted to any form of gambling, yeah. drugs, alcohol, anything at all. Or addicted or to even their hobby, aspirations. Addicted to their dreams and their aspirations and will go for them regardless mm-hmm. of how much it destroys all of the people mm-hmm. around them, even their very, so very nice so, girlfriend. So let's just lay one quick little baseline down. When you're saying the protagonist is not a good person... Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you're basically putting it in terms of how many people's lives they're affecting them negatively or destroying. He ruins everyone's life in this movie. Everyone's that life who is true. worth, who hasn't already like ruined their lives themselves. He saves one life in Worm, then. Well, it's yeah, his own, which maybe doesn't count in this case. Worm disappears at the end of this movie. Uh, excuse me. Whose life does he ruin? I think Maybe he pretty much Malls? fucks up Martin Lando's life a little bit. He just took, uh, he pays him which back. Another, by the way, he pays him back. But he says, y- "You know, I'm not a wealthy man." I mean, what is he asking for? He asks for fifteen. He gets ten. It's not about the money, though. That's the whole thing. It's not about the money. It's but he's not fucking his life up. This guy he's is like, a professor. Oh, shit, this is take... a guy who finds people entering into law and tries to push them in the right direction. And he's been doing it for a very long time. And he almost got this kid killed. And had to shell out ten grand to be able to get over it. Like he's not gonna be he's gonna be stepping on his tippy toes from now on. And maybe I'm reading a little bit too deep into it. Damon will be step or uh, Mike will be stepping. No, Martin Lando, Lando will. Lando he's not will gonna be. be so quick to help out these help. kids. Yeah, he's so gonna he be... learned a lesson, I guess, in a t- learned a lesson uh, yeah. is totally fine. And his girlfriend learned a lesson too. She's uh, not gonna be hooking up with shitbags anymore. Yeah, benevolent character that I don't. I don't think it really. I don't see the movie in those terms, or the story in that term. Those terms that like, he's negatively affecting this guy's life. I think they had a positive I, impact I, on each other. I think he, in a he, small way, there's a negative impact on mainly the girlfriend, it, Martin Lando's character. The professor's like this. Uh, he's like a. Buddha like character, you know? He's like Yeah, and he so like shakes that, him up. It makes Buddha go like, up. oh fuck. Michael. Yeah. Michael. <laughs> okay. Alright. But I don't I don't want to I don't want to stay too much yeah. on that, but I, I yeah. think that it's an interesting read for anybody interested in watching um in watching Rounders with with the filter of the character of Mike McDermott is kind of a fucking asshole, and he's just like he's Would you lying watch all to everybody. Like this, where it's like you're identifying a bad person and a good person. I, I like especially watching within your hero or your protagonist. Totally, because like, I don't see, I don't read bad person. 
off of Michael. And you're not supposed to. That's why the music is there and the certain editing. And that's why they hired like, Matt Damon with his smile. It's as if they got smile. one by me. You know, it's no, like, it's not as if they got one by you. No, 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 no. It's me looking at it in an interesting way. The only thing that makes me look at it and go, I think that that's what they meant to do. Because everything else in the movie, I'm like reading into it in an interesting way that makes the movie a little darker for me. And I think it makes it mm-hmm. more realistic as a commentary on like gambling addiction and stuff like that and how you can get involved in it. It's all just a fun filter to throw on it. But the ending, the final shot of him like going to Vegas in a cab and the guy saying good luck. And then he's just got this pretentious yeah. voiceover where he's like, everybody always says. He's right like, back it's to the luck. beginning. It's he's a cycle. right back to it's the beginning. The, it's a cycle. Like the addiction. And then he just. The, the movie is set up in that way too, where it's like, it's you're on a super high. Back to a super low. You mm-hmm. owe people money, you're getting your ass kicked. Back to a super high, you're making money, having fun. Back to a super low. Yeah, that's so, addiction. Like, like, yeah, of course. We, and we he's know right he's got an addiction. And then he drives off into the the the, the smoky city sunset. Yeah. Uh, and says, and says, I <laughs> yeah. want to, I want to. Uh, a- a- am I going to win the world championship of poker? I don't know. That's like mm-hmm. the last line. And he just drives off, and the music is like, yeah. well, there he fucking goes. Yeah. And you never find out. And that's what makes me think that I think that they were commenting on the dark addiction angle just a little bit. But more so, like, the reason they cast Matt Damon, the reason the music is so uplifting, the reason that there's, like, an energy. It's not necessarily uplifting. No. It's uplifting music. There's moments. There's, like, little jazzy moments. When no, no, no. Nice, I mean, like, when like, there's, bum, when there's bum, like, bum, bum, somber. Bum, 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 bum. That's very tense. When there's somber conversation between Matt yeah. Damon and another character, and he's like, revealing his soul to them so to speak you get these strings yeah like oh don't you hope that he makes it and the whole time i'm watching i'm like do not go in there and play cards with those state troopers what the fuck are you talking about do not do that and he does and he gets fucked over and he's like oh why why am i you shouldn't have done that never says why why am i and waves his arms like that for all the listeners like wait why what he doesn't really do he that. He doesn't really it's do all, that, no. He but keeps he's a cool head. Yeah. But, I mean, and he's got Worm to blame. And he, it's really Worm's fault. It's Worm's fault, but it's also his fault for trusting Worm. What the fuck are you doing? You've been knowing yeah, this kid since you were, like, nine said, years old. He said it to you right there. Nobody's ever stuck up for this guy mm-hmm. in his entire life. Somebody's got to do it, even if he's a piece, piece of shit, even yeah. if he's a lost cause. That is something a good person would do. That's something uh, a good person would do, but unfortunately, most of the time, too, good people are idiots. Well, that's a broad brush, right? It's a broad brush. And it's not an absolute, but I'm saying, especially in this example, his goodness, uh, Worm takes advantage of it. That's an argument. Because that's what... No, of course he Worm definitely takes advantage advantage of everyone, especially the people that love him Mm -hmm. most. Especially relaxation therapists. Yeah, please. (laughs) The relaxation therapists. I love, too, he gets comped comped at the noodle bar. And when John Turturro hears that, he's like, well, of course, because he knows exactly what happened for him (laughs) to get comped at the noodle bar. The look, too, that Worm gives him when he first sits down, Turturro's giving him shit, and he just kind of looks at him, like, fuck you, man. It's the best. They have this, like... it's not a level of respect. I, it's like they're kind of happy to see each other, yeah, but yeah. the same as to like, it's you're friend. never going to change. They're friends. I'm never going to change. This is the way it is. If Matt Damon says that at the beginning. He's like, yeah. he says when John Turturro first shows up, he's like, he's nope. the closest thing to a friend that I would have yeah. in a place like this. You know, like he's not a yeah. friend, so to speak, but it's, I think it's this kind of like underground level of respect. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. yeah. 
The cast in this is absolutely great. It's and we'll, we'll talk about the cast in the second yeah. half, because I think if we just go down everybody, I think mm-hmm. we'll have a lot of fun talking about it's that. It's interesting, as we talk about the partly because you put it in these terms, though, it's kind of becoming clear the line that is so clearly drawn between it's not even good and bad. It's more like the put together, the responsible, the on top of their shit, and everyone else. Because you got the professor, even Totoro's character, which we should... What's his character? Oh, it's... Um, oh, I'm going to kick myself for this one. What, Totoro's character? Totoro, yeah, oh, I... That's... um. Look he's got us. like a name. This is the drawback. Joey. This he's is, Joey. Now, Joe is... This, oh, he. I think he actually is Joey. But he's Kanish, Joey. Kanish. Kanish. But I think okay. his name actually probably is Joseph. But his girlfriend's name is Joe. I think Kanish. it might be Kanish. Okay. I just okay, looked, yeah, I looked it up. It's so he's Joey, actually, Joey Kanish. Okay, got it. There you go. Landed it. See, this is the you know problem with having an Overdrinkers podcast because your mind goes right out oh, the that, door. I begged it. That is not the problem. That's the point. Well, I, I know, but you end up sitting here feeling like a jerk. Uh, okay. <laughs> Let's see. Uh, Do you feel like a jerk you? right now? Uh, no, actually, I feel pretty good. Am but, I the but jerk? But there's always this level of, you know. Yeah. You always feel like you're a jerk, you know. No more now than in any other moment. No, I, I am. I don't. I'm not humble. It's at not all. like I don't forget stuff when I'm not drunk or when I'm not, you know, hanging out. I forget stuff all the time. But I mean, this is a, a good movie to talk about too. Here, when you're trying to talk about a movie, a certain amount of accountability. Oh, interesting concept for rounders, huh? Yeah. Okay, so that's what I was getting at. Yeah. A level See, of accountability. Got you You've got the characters who are accountable and the ones that aren't, and there's really. No one in between. Mm-hmm. You've got uh, Teddy KB, KGB and his whole crew and Grandma. Is it Grandma? Grandma. 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 He's uh, an interesting the character, The only too. in between is Matt Damon. Everyone else is either well, he's our, awesome, He's supposed together, to be our relatable, yeah. great member of society, or underground bullshit artist. Yeah, there's a reason why the really good people in this movie are all on the side of the law. Such as the judge, his girlfriend, his friends out there. I wouldn't say law. And it's literally the law. Poker's not illegal. No, no, it's literally well, actually, the law. And the, some of these games on are, the other side, you've got Grandma, who's an, an ex enforcer for the mob. Yeah. You've got Teddy KGB, who is the law. Russian mob. Yeah. You've got Worm, who's going around like he just he's and an they're ex-con. alienating both. Yeah, these are this <laughs> the, is the, difference the between, actual law and the underground law. Absolutely, totally. Like, and that's Matt Damon. You're totally right. Matt Damon mm-hmm. is our middle ground in that, and that's what makes it interesting for him to be. Which well, is why I character. have such a hard time with you just writing this guy off. Like, and you're like sitting there huffing and puffing. Like, huffing this guy's a puffing. jerk. He's know? a jerk. I don't think that that's. He, I don't think that that's a stretch of the imagination to call that, Matt Damon's character in this a jerk. I think it's a stretch. I think a lot what's of stuff a nice thing. What's to, a nice thing he does in the movie? Okay. Besides, okay, I guess you could argue he only saved Worm because it came down on his head and he then needed to save himself. Yeah. You know, things like something simple. Picking up his friend from the... From prison? <laughs> from prison. Okay, that's a good question. What does he do that's nice? To, like, the one person that's super nice to him. Like, show me, tell me something he does nice for his girlfriend. Does he ever bring her flowers? Does well, he we ever... don't see her. She's just, like, the wet blanket girlfriend character that is in tons of these movies. Yeah, you but know, she's a, a shit. But I affairs. think this movie goes to... A, like lengths to show that she's a human being that has feelings and that he's just oh, he does completely destroy her. That he is destroys his, that her. Is she gives him every chance and eventually just leaves and he's to her like credit, she, 
yeah, and then he just goes out and, and then he just goes out hand. and just like goes drinking all night with his buddy as a metaphor. Like he just yeah. goes out and he's like, oh shit, my girlfriend left me for <laughs> her insert example yeah. <laughs> of my addiction. So now I'm going to go same addiction example with my friend all night long. Like that's, that's a guy with some serious issues. Oh, there's no question. He's yeah. trying to, he's trying to like he's fucking knight in he's shining armor. He's conflicted. He's trying to knight in shining armor himself. And he's trying to say that I'm different than Worm. Well, because when at the he end of the day, himself as a knight in shining armor. Mm -hmm. But deep down knows he's not, he's a knight in shining armor in the context of his aspirations to be a poker yeah, hero. Yeah, he's better than everybody else in that world. inadequate in this other world and knows in his heart he can't, he can't exist there. There's why, something. Why about, can't he? I bring, think he actually could have if it weren't for Worm, which is like if Worm never got out of jail, true. his yeah, life yeah, yeah. is very different. Well, yeah, because he doesn't go back to doing yeah. all that shit. But maybe. It's like, 10, why can't he bring? Why, why can't he bring the same level of confidence that he has at the poker table into law school and into that world? Because he doesn't have. It's not that he doesn't have the ability. He doesn't care about it. Exactly. He knows he doesn't care about it. Right. That's not bad. That's just... When you're looking maybe at... Maybe he should have sized himself up a little better and figured out what he wanted a little quicker so he didn't hurt so many people, but, you know. Mm -hmm. I think that bad. when you're dealing... No, I think that when you're dealing with... That's why it's the a difference... relatable movie, because everyone goes through Absolutely. this. It's totally. like you've got I'm... these two sides pulling at you. Definitely. And one, at some point, you need to make a choice, one or the other. Mm -hmm. And I'm definitely not arguing that point, because that's what the movie is doing, yeah. totally. I'm saying it's interesting to consider the idea that he is addicted to gambling in some way, and then he's given the opportunity. He's been doing this for nine months. He's got a job where he makes enough he's money right to do it. Cusp. He's got a really rock. Good. His girlfriend's good to go. He's good to go. But at the living. end of the day, he's addicted to gambling. You can say it's his dream and everything like that. I find it more interesting to consider it more as like these are the things. These are the things that. People that like are addicted to gambling and stuff like that, they turn it on well, themselves. This is a, a weird little spot. Let's see if I can find myself here where I kind of disagree with you because right? at least you know my feelings and history on addiction and all that kind of stuff. Refer back to the first podcast if you haven't heard it. <laughs> but in this case, gambling, yes, it's an addiction. But in this case, what kind of for me lets him off the hook. Is that, and is one of the smaller kind of embedded points of this that poker is a skill game. Totally. And and you're totally there right is with that. Like it, a very, it's not like you're just going, getting blitzed, smoking meth in some basement. Absolutely. And it, you know, you might as well be because you're always in dark rooms, right. smoky the, rooms. The process of achieving that people. high is different. It is a high, but and you're, so and you're similar in those ways. But I agree, but you're allowed it is to not let completely. You're allowed to Over let him the off hill. the hook. Yeah. And that's what the movie wants you to do. And at the end of the day, I do as well. That's why I go with the movie yeah. with him. And then at the end, I go, fuck, man. I sure hope you make it because, like, how many more of these Hail Marys you got left in you? Like, that's that's my read on it. It's like, I let him off the hook. But it's the fact that he's on the okay, hook to begin so we, with. So we watched this. Look, we hadn't discussed it, and you would not let me discuss it under the... Yeah, we're going into it being like, what? You think he's a good guy? And though I will say on the rewatch, the one time I was kind of disappointed was at the very end. He finally pays his debt with KGB. And KGB mm. 
goats him into playing, coming back, stick it in you, risking it all. Which is like it's unclear what's gonna happen. He will be owned by KGB if not killed. Uh, you know, yeah, uh, he will be his. Mm-hmm. And we'll, we'll we'll talk more about that. Actually, but the, the thing this I meant pr- to get at, okay, though, yeah, go is for the first, one for time where it's like all that whole second or last third of the movie. When he realizes he's really in debt, Worms really put him in some shit, and he has absolutely no choice. Like, Gretchen Mole, gone, apartment, his whole thing is shattered, and he actually just needs to pay this debt and use the only way he knows how. I let him off the hook there because he has no choice. But when he clears himself with KGB, has Landau paid back, has all his debts covered... I mean, that's kind of the crux in the movie, I mm-hmm. guess. I mean, that's it right there. I mean, you want But that is the one time, like, dude, fuck you. Yeah. What are you really doing you, here? You don't want to see Rocky but, get to the ring to fight Apollo Creed at the very end of the first Rocky movie and then just turn around and go, like, you know what? I don't want brain damage, so like, I'm not getting in there with this guy. Like, you don't want that. You want to yeah, see him get in there yeah. and try and win. So, yeah. And I get that for a movie. It's totally fine. But, it, it like, that is, like, a big example Right there, where it's like, dude, you could have walked away. See, that is a but you're that's fucking the addiction addicted. coming right through there. Mm-hmm. But like, he also, in doing that, that, that was the first time it was a pure choice to mm-hmm. me. It was like uh, the rest of the time you could say, you know, that's a lot of circumstance and a lot of trying to cover your ass. But that was the first time, and he was happened to be coming off a huge high at that moment. Right. That was the first time he had a pure choice, and he. Well, you know, mm-hmm. the movie would maybe have you believe that he made the right one, but that's the one time. That's like, just dude, because of yeah. how it turned out. No, it's good. You know, like, can you uh, imagine if he went in and he lost? You'd be like, shit, you this know, movie is fucking yeah. dark. Yeah. That, that would have been nice. Nice. Yeah. That would have been I mean, good. but it just depends on what Talk you're... Talk about an open ending. Having uh, lose. It, no, <laughs> just no, no. It, it just credits. depends on what your, uh, what your interpretations of winning and losing is. Because if you think because he got a lot of money and he went to Vegas that he won, but he lost his no, girlfriend and he lost his job. scenario, though. He, I mean, he's a loser. You know, it's not, it's not a, win or, it's a win or lose proposition. Because, like, we learned throughout the whole movie that it's not even about winning or losing necessarily as much as it is about being true to yourself even if you're a scumbag (laughs) (laughs) that's a perfect time to take a break real quick and uh, we'll take a break we'll come back in just a hot second and we'll start talking about all the other characters around we talked about Matt Damon a lot Mm -hmm. we'll come back we'll get some we barely touched on Worm at all which is I think Worm is is one of the best secondary best buddy characters he is a frustrating he's very frustrating as amazing a performance as that is like when he finally leaves the screen, it's kind of a relief. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, we'll be yeah, right back. Uh, we'll get be right... one and we'll get back. Yeah, yeah. We'll be right back with that in just a second. Hello. Welcome to another episode of It's Fits, where Story Screen's film laureate, Brian Robert Fitzgibbons speaks on a film. Today, Fitz will discuss the 1990 Martin Scorsese film, Goodfellas. Ah, Goodfellas. Martin Scorsese. Ray Liotta. Joe Pesci. Robert De Niro. This is a movie that I always seem to watch every two years. 
And yeah, the last time I watched it, I really enjoyed it. They're fucking cruel. But it's a really good movie. <laughs> Yo, I can't keep saying, like, nobody cares about if it's good or not. It's more. My favorite scene, last time I watched it, was when Ray Liotta beats the shit out of that dude that was fucking with his girl. <laughs> that sounds so stupid, too. Ah, cancel this. <laughs> This has been another episode of It's Fits. Alright, and welcome back. Uh, continuing on our conversation of rounders, and we're going to break into some of the characters and stuff and see where the conversation leads us from that. So let's mm-hmm. talk about like the big boy, big boy on campus here. Uh, Eddie? Eddie. Edward Norton as Worm. Uh, l- l- what's his name? We, do we ever find out his real name? I think his name is like, I think he calls him Les at some point. Like his name's Does like he? Leslie or something. I don't know. Rolling over my head. Like, I'm sure say his last name at some point yeah, in there too, okay. like when he's in prison. It's not important. <laughs> not important he's at all. Worm's, Worm yeah. is just a good yeah. enough name for that you know, guy. When yeah. Femke Jansen says... Well, don't, uh, what did she say? Don't slither away. Don't wiggle away. Don't wiggle away. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, so Worm is uh, the surrogate stand-in for Matt Damon's uh, old ways. Uh, He talks about, like, all the little things that he used to do, like, when they were going to, like, a prep school or something like that, like, a really nice school, and they were, like, the only ones. Fixing basketball games. Fixing basketball games. Love story, which I had forgotten. Yeah, selling, uh, selling, like, firecrackers and stuff from Chinatown to all the kids. Selling oregano. Yeah, uh, yeah. oregano is weed. Yep. Um, so he, the, the, the story starts out, Which, this guy's by the way, before we go on, I was, no, no, no. I was in crapping on the voiceovers, but it's part of what makes the movie move so beautifully and make it, makes it so rich. It's just like, it's just laying down the, everything you need to know in such a beautiful way. Yeah. Gets that it right out there. You get the notice. Yep. Anyway, go ahead. No, no. Yeah. And uh, like, that's a good point. Cause like when we're first introduced to Edward Norton's character, we get a little, Seeing with him in prison, playing some cards for some cigarettes, even though he doesn't smoke. Stealing cigarettes off the inmates. Mm-hmm. Yep. And before he's going to, which is interesting uh, trivia little thing here. Edward Norton is an avid non-smoker. And the character was supposed to smoke. And that's where the yeah. toothpick comes in. I did not remember this. And as a smoker, trying to quit, <laughs> as every smoker pretty much is, mm-hmm. was so great. And... Uh, especially this, the little flash where he, right before he exits the last door and gets out into the free world, tosses a whole uh, lunch bunch bag of cigarettes, of, yeah. which he could have given back to the inmates, which was the argument he was having with them. Mm-hmm. Like, dude, you're getting out, really? Like, give us a smokes bag. You can buy a pack in 10 minutes. And basically they were confronting him on being like, are you really that much of an asshole? And he is. And he is. He is he, a I mean, top-notch he puts asshole. those cigarettes back on there. Like, yep. yeah, whatever. But he's yeah. still got a shit ton yeah, yeah. that he's like been holding up, and he just like he tosses he just them at the end because no he doesn't need them. whatsoever for yep. anyone's well-being or comfort. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go no, ahead. No, yeah. He, and he, uh, so he is a slime ball extraordinaire. Um, but he's also like uh, like us. He's some of the. He's one of the slickest shits you've ever seen. Yeah, he is very good. He's, not he's even a, addicted to the gambling. He's a, addicted to getting over on people. Loves it. Loves ha- taking advantage. Or maybe of more people. accurately, getting under people and getting 
getting himself into trouble himself. too. Yeah, I think he kind of likes that too. Uh, he has a what? He's a mechanic, which is somebody who like works the cards to their favor, and a rounder is somebody who. Uh, goes around and plays by the rules and just like has a really good knack at like yeah. playing the the man instead of playing the cards. Which is another time back into the argument we were having earlier. Argument? Uh, whatever you want to call it. Discussion. The, the discussion okay, that we were do. having earlier? Yeah, yeah, the discussion about, you know, what's acceptable and what's not. Are you, are you, feeling, are you, are you feeling threatened in this? Like, uh, well, I don't feel threatened, but, um, yeah, you can't. <laughs> uh no i don't feel threatened at all okay maybe a little uh what were we saying okay so right okay what i was getting at is the matt damon's character by engaging in that cheating people out of money like it's one thing to cheat people out of their money by the rules it's another thing to be counting cards or playing off the bottom of the absolutely deck. And and when he engages in that with Worm, I'll give you that. Like that's and, some pretty. And to his to his defense, which kind of goes against my thing, but like he he does still go along with it, but he doesn't like it. He tells him like, "Don't do that. We're not going to do this." And you know, there's that specific scene when they go and they play with the cops, which is like top five scenes. Because they're the still going to win. It's just going to take still a little win, longer. And but it's also dangerous and also immoral. Which is part of what. Yeah. Worm's addicted to. And that's why Matt Damon is like, you know, our our hero of it, our protagonist, because he's he's got a moral code that he's not going to break down. He's not going to be as oh, low time. you reversing your original stance on no, no, Matt no. Damon. I'm not reversing my stance. I'm saying like, I get why Michael. you can look at it as, no, this guy's got moral standings that were obviously shown it's very easy for somebody of his talents to have. Like, he could very easily be Worm if he just oh, learned these mechanic and it's tricks. It's easy to get him off his stance. But yeah. his initial inclination is like, oh, I'm going to try and do the right thing. Right. I think it's and very important very easily, that yeah. Edward Norton's uh, Worm's talents lie in, uh, in the skill that can be learned. He's practiced and done this in a way that gets it, whereas uh, Mike McDermott's skills rely all in, like, his head, like he's just got a natural Which gift is, to this. Even his little card trick and stunts are honorable, vaguely honorable in their own way. Like at least he's good Who, at that. Worms? Worm. Oh, totally. Yeah. And he genuinely does make look, he makes uh, cheating at no. poker look fun. Yeah. Like oh, he's yeah. got like a, a level to it. I love how he's, they, they say like nobody can lose like him. Like nobody can yeah. present play being a loser like him. Just like, oh my God. I, yeah, you guys and your, and your secret handshake club, go yeah. fuck yourselves. And like, because yeah, we're, we're in the know and he's narrating it for us, like he sets you up to be like, look how good Worm loses. And because of that, I was like, yeah, that's a little obvious. Yeah. But, yeah but. Well, yeah, but it's like you, you would imagine, you know, like me yeah. and you have had several losses. Yep. That really gets you. And they also have a, one of the other great poker the lines. The losses you remember the, more than the wins? Yeah. Like you can say like, what was your biggest win? Like, you know, they'd have trouble remembering he it. He doesn't but even remember clearly, how he yeah. stacked up the original Poker bankroll. players clearly remember like their biggest losses. Yeah. And it's when you lose, it's all of this stuff get, gets turned on you. And you're just like, why? Why? How did I lose that? And it's and the big losses are always with you've got a a, well, it's also a, a monster hunt uh, as they call it like you've got a really good one 
but somebody else just has the thing that's better than you, and that's the game, and that's what makes it fun for me. I think yeah, it's a well, lot of for fun me, I, I find inevitably every time when I take a big loss or any loss, I end up rightfully so turning it on myself, and you do make a mistake the same way Damon does in his first game with KGB. He, I mean, uh, that's not a mistake necessarily, but he was so overly anxious to win that hand that he missed something. And oh, yeah. like, uh, you know, we when you lose, that's what it is. And I think one of the, I mean, no, get yeah. back into the poker, but the the best hand Damon played was the one he lost to that golf pro, whatever the hell, when they're on that run trying to make a, make back the money. Mm-hmm. He laid it down. The guy was bluffing, but it was still the right play. Right. Anyway, so the thing that dogs you and you end up turning it back on yourself. Where was I going? Over drinkers. <laughs> Look at us doing this again. Help me, baby. Uh, Rounders was made in 1998. Directed mm-hmm. by John Dahl. You need me to keep going? It's starring no. Matt Damon, Edward Norton. Oh, we start from the top? Is that what you wanted to? <laughs> no, no, I totally, I totally get what you're saying. Like yeah, that's I, that's I that's the thought, fun of yeah. poker. Poker is not just about winning money. It's not just about hanging out with some friends and having a good time. There is oh, this real I, test of yourself okay. in there that I, I find what fun. I was say. Yeah, go, There's a go. test of yourself, and when you uh, fail that test, is when you fail to keep your concentration. And I think the biggest uh, example of that in the movie is when. Kanish is telling him, I gave you the playbook. Like, you can do this by the rules and you can still make money. Why won't you just fucking wise up and do it? You're good enough to do it. You can make a living doing this. But you refuse to do it the right way. Because he wants the glory. He wants the dream. World championship in Vegas. And John Totoro, I love, he says he's like... He's got that breakdown at the end in the sauna, which is like such a great place hey, to put that hey, scene. He's like, oh, hey. And he's just like, I, I, like, I got rent to pay. Yeah. I got alimony yeah. to pay. I play this game. My kids eat. Yeah. I live. I get to play another game. That's it. There's no, there's no greatness that is in this. one of the best uh, scenes in the movie there because then he says, <laughs> he's like, you don't have the stones to go out there and put oh. yourself on the limb and play and take a risk. And he says, basically, how dare you? Yeah. I'm the one with the stones. Yeah. Like, I'm the guy doing this the right way. You got to know You got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. <laughs> and you got to know when to go for the big kill. And you got to yeah. know when to just sit back and just fold, fold, fold. Every and hand for an movie, hour Matt and just Damon's wait for that big one. telling you, like, how it's done. The problem, he knows the right way to do it. Fold, fold, fold. Don't play anything other than, you know. Anyway, and he just disregards his own very clear advice. You know, it's, it's one of the great things about gambling mm-hmm. and cards in general or anything like this. Being addicted to something, yeah. Oh, well, you know, besides the... Disregard yeah, your own morals. Dis- yeah, sure. yeah, uh, yeah, exactly. Dis- disregarding what you know to be true. Mm-hmm. An obvious play yeah. inside the movie that the yeah. movie's talking about. Yeah. Right. All these just metaphors for life abound within <laughs> poker. 
And so, but Worm, Worm's got, uh, there's that great scene with, uh, where he's hiding out in like the old, like, uh, which by the church way, auditorium, the church, little gym, the little gym auditorium kind of thing. He's hiding out which there. I would love to have access to. It's a lot of, that that like a lot of like, like, wait, he said, we found this. You know, I was, we were watching this. I was like, wait, wait a minute. You found this? Like when they were like, kids. They yeah. don't have a janitor. Like yeah. there's just no one there and the door Well, there is open. a janitor because he thinks that he was the janitor coming in. Yeah, yeah. And he like peeks okay. around and he's got the basketball. <laughs> Which that scene also, I think, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say best line of the movie is in that scene where he says, he's like, oh, we found this place. Remember the, that time, like, insert, yeah. like, a weird kid that you knew from when you were a kid. Like, remember when Bobby Tylerson like, ended up beating, your, beating your ass? Like, yeah, what did I ever do to him? You fucked <laughs> his mother. And he, yeah, like, goes, He almost oh, legitimately yeah. goes, oh, yeah. Yeah, he I goes, oh, yeah, he puts the ball on his side. Oh, yeah. But she was a fine-looking older woman. Like, yeah. it's that like, that whole exchange me. is, I think, top-notch Which, good and- comedy. Great comedy, and then again, one of those little stingers. The whole point of the movie. I don't know if he says it right there. He probably says it in a couple different forms throughout. But would you stop fucking around? Yeah, you know, like yeah. God <laughs> yeah, damn it, yeah, man! Yeah. He has <laughs> to. He almost he, cut it out. He verbally grabs yeah. him by the yeah. shoulders and shakes yeah. him time and time again. Like, just will you fucking cut it out? And it's like the one time he finally gets to worm and starts leaving he's like hey, hey, hey we're gonna be fine you know yeah and that's another super interesting Would thing about worm fucking around yeah you know is Just uh fuck- he leaves and I, I told you while we were watching it, I was like, I always forget that like there's half an hour of the movie left and worm just disappears from the story after the yeah. after the cop skerfuffle where he's get, he gets caught uh dealing from under the deck because yeah. they catch a they catch a hanger he goes to a they are trying to find games to put together the money they owe and so they have to go place to place game to game and he tells them he was a bunch of municipal workers in binghamton (laughs) five hours away from new york city and they get there and it's a a cop game it's a a bunch of police it's a bunch of cops and he he looks at what the what are you Beautiful. even thinking Municipal doing this? workers. Mm-hmm. They work for the state, you fucking asshole. It's a very well-written movie. I'll give yeah. you that. The dialogue in it and who Couple they get men, to play David them. Feynman, I think it's the other one. It's a, it's, a, yeah. it's a team of writers. I can't recall their names right now, but like they did, uh, like you said, they did the show Billions. Co- Brian Coppola, I don't know if they also did. Uh, they they did them. the recent poker game with Justin Timberlake and Ben Affleck, Runner Runner. I know they did that. They did also they? they did Oceans Thirteen, as mm. well, and they also did a. And I know this just because it was like did the they? yeah, and I know this because it's the one that came up right after this in two thousand one or so. They did uh, Knock Around Guys with Vin Diesel and like Seth Green, and it was like a big Vin, they're the screenplay it, it, writers. They're the screenplay writers. Yeah, I actually think if one I'm of them directed mistaken, Knock Around I think Guys they too. Did Single Man too, but here this is blind speculation. I should know Single more. Man. A Single Man. Um... Colin Firth? Oh, I don't think they were Julie? anywhere near that. Oh, no, no, I'm wrong. It, no, it's the Michael Douglas one, single something else. S- uh, single white female? <laughs> no, white chicks, I think. White chicks. No, uh, oh, my but, God, white chicks. God, remember that? Right, Imagine if pivot. that movie we'll just, came out yeah. today. <laughs> oh, which actually, while we were on our break, we realized that the movie came out in 1998, which technically makes this like a 20th a 20 anniversary year, episode. Yeah. We didn't even realize that. We just yeah. This is the movie we wanted to talk about. Yeah. Okay, so now that we've, or at least I have revealed myself to be uh, missing the facts at the very least. Anyway, compliment. Where are we going with that? We've got well, Brian I think we're about, I think we're David about, I, right, yeah. Team of writers. Well, where, how do we get on this? 
talking about the dialogue, the dialogue. And, and the writing, the script and stuff, and like how I think like the dialogue and the actors that they pick to play these guys and deliver these lines really leads into like what makes the movie so much fun to just watch. Like I've seen this movie so yeah. many times, just like yeah. watching in the background, throwing well, on for fun. Well, it's their first, and actually, if I'm not this point. I don't think I'm mistaken on her. At least I'm with I'm in the ballpark. Mm-hmm. And if you had any sense, you would uh, cut all this stuff out. But since it's an overdrinkers, we're not going to do that. Hold on, I got their names right here: uh, David Levian and Brian Koppelman. Levian. Okay. Yeah. I know. Yeah. Okay. Or uh, yep, maybe David Levine. Levine. I don't know. Levine. Levine. Yeah. David you, yeah. Levine. But I'm and pretty Brian sure Koppelman. this was their first one that got picked up, and I think it goes with the theme of like following your dreams. They were on a different path. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, Rounders is in fact their first one. And then, yep, yep. knock around guys. And now they've got huge <laughs> careers. Run- Runaway Jury. Tell me which what I was missing. It was the Michael Douglas movie, Singles. It's a good one. Singles. Uh, Sing- let's single see. We got Runaway Jury. Walking, Walking Tall. Uh, Ocean's Thirteen. The Girlfriend Experience. They were in Ocean's Thirteen. They oh did. wow, they wrote the Girlfriend Experience. That's pretty cool. Uh, Solitary Man. Solitary That's what Man. Yeah. Two thousand nine. Solitary Man, starring Michael Douglas, Susan Sarandon, Jesse Eisenberg, and it was also directed by both of them. Ooh, and our boy so Danny DeVito's in there. They didn't All right. direct, but they. So this was their coming on the scene. I like that. After okay, years cool. of struggle, mm-hmm. uh, I think it's just kind of worth drunkenly noting. Uh, not to give it a plug, but I'm a Brian Koppelman head. Okay. Like, unrelated to this movie. I didn't know he didn't, but check him out. Check out his podcast. Oh, he, really? He does this podcast called The Moment where he talks about, he brings guys, people on, poker players too. He's a poker player himself about, um, it's called The Moment because it's a, he loosely based on asking successful, I guess you could say, people about what was the moment in your life when you realized, like, what was up and how to do this thing? Uh huh. Which I think kind of ties in this movie because this, super is, this cool. is a yeah. no. That's a that's a super good plug. Yeah, because this is you like you said it ends the rounders ends pretty dark. He's just going into the abyss of like there is no he might win he might lose. It's by the a, way, it's a visual abyss that by he's the driving way, now into. Now that we mentioned it accidentally, I kind of wish. He lost to KGB. It'd be a <laughs> very know, different movie. Like, that would be kind of a more real movie. Like, give me, but I, I used to read it when I watched it the first time as if like, oh, you know, that's the end of a movie. They're going to let you figure it out for yourself. But actually, this was the first time I read it the way you did, where it was kind of like, oh, that's pretty sad. It's pretty sad. That's pretty dark. Yeah. And also, I looked up to Rounders 2 does have an IMDb page. Okay. Oh, it's going to have... And it's currently... Give me some good news, It said that it's in development, but it's been like that for four years. So, And these things just... Who knows? And I do remember it being a thing where it's like, I think that they were about to do it and then like you said while we were watching it one person said yeah, like, they kind of dropped out line up, yeah. like i don't out. i don't want edward norton in it because i like the idea that worm just goes off and fucking dies in the yeah. real world without Matt Damon. Well, what do you do with it rounders two though at this point now like well that's actually eesh. the one thing we were you know trying to watch the movie and not say too much but that was kind of my i think i said it, it was like rounders two would be really sad It'd be very sad, yeah. Because let's let's Making say he like a does, game like this, yeah. Let's say he does be, become a successful champion of sorts. Mm-hmm. Is that a good life? You know, there and is that point that you the, come to where it's like it's still all the same. it's a it's a big You're still dealing with your shitty self, or as you like to call them, your bad person self. 
It's a big 20 years between 1998 and now as like when thinking about like poker representation in film, like Texas Hold'em was not a very big deal when this movie came out. This was like nobody really fucking knew about it. Um, it's like, and now, and now it's like not, this big it, thing. Like Everybody right knows before the explosion. It, it is. I I would even say Which that it is the explosion. This little, like this is what like showed people the way. Like he's watching VH, VHS tapes. Yeah. Of these champions and these great moments in poker, it was that underground, and mm-hmm. then you know. Yeah, I mean, it's Texas even Hol- what's his name? Uh, Kanish says, "What do you want to be on ESPN?" Basically, in that great scene we were just talking about, mm-hmm. we did, you know, and then it then it popped. And yeah. that's the reason we play, because it popped just after this, basically. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's on, you, you figure out how to play it. And I play poker because it makes me feel like a man. Is that it's, right? It's the only thing that's I can really do. Too bad for you. I know it's very misplaced and misguided, but it makes me feel like a man. You like to like sit a, around, like, smoke like and a, drink. Yeah, like a like a Clint Eastwood, like yeah, in the West. It makes me. <laughs> Feel like that. Like he says oh, in the movie, the way, you hey, double back for your friends. Completely, yeah, no, completely separate from this. Yep. I think I talked to you about it. Uh, d- did you know that I got a, I got the good, the bad, and the ugly cemetery over in Italy. I got a, I got oh, a you grave. Got a plot. I got a plot over there. I got oh, a grave over right. there. You like did they tell me, they this. were doing for our listeners that don't know uh, the the cemetery scene from the good, the bad, and the ugly. Um, where they shot it in Italy was uh, going to be sold or something, and a bunch of people got together, started kind of a Kickstarter where, like, you send them some money and they can keep it going. And one one of the kickbacks was if you send them some money, they will give you a grave site with like a tombstone and everything, like you know, old fashioned rickety tombstone. And uh, I sent one over, and I got one now, and I'm like super excited because I want to go over to Italy now and like visit my grave. You can it's got, use, it's got you my name it? on it and everything. I I th- I don't know if you're allowed to use it. I know that <laughs> technically by law I own that like you know that well, that two feet by it. six yeah. feet and down. Like I own that part of Italy technically yeah. uh, or legally. Um, yeah. I don't know if they're allowed to actually bury people there because I would imagine there's some legality <laughs> to that. But like that's fun. And it just uh, that just reminded me of that. And I, I I'm trying well, to tell legally, anybody I can about that. <laughs> It's not about what's legal. If you really need, if in the in the unlikely event that uh, you die before I do, I'll get you there. Highly unlikely you there. event. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. I. Uh, if I can be buried over there, maybe I'll I'll email them an amount. I'll if you need them. help, I'll, I'll take care of you. On dying, I'll get you there. Oh, well, I'm getting over there yeah, once. Yeah, oh, okay. Yeah. Jesus. It's much harder to uh, <laughs> smuggle a body to Italy and bury it. <laughs> Okay. Uh, all right, wait, let's Andrew. all right, so we're running out of time, so let's jump we're over right to um the really the really big guy here that we've been holding off on. I think Have we've we? only mentioned him it? a couple times. Oh, Malkovich? Malkovich Malkovich Pay Pay this man his money. Pay this man his money. Chick, 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 chick. Teddy KGB is probably one of the top five, if not the most iconic poker cinematic poker player. Probably even top five. You know, we're easy. here drunk, like making grand assertions. Not even cinematic, right? You know, like how how <laughs> often is he quoted in poker rooms? Every game, yeah. Every game, somebody says, yeah. "Folds a monster, a monster hand." Chick 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 chick. It's it's great. Or like, pay this man his money. Your splash 
The way he splashes yeah. those chips at the end. Uh, John Malkovich is having a phenomenal time. Yeah. I think we both watched the interview separately in preparation for the podcast of Matt Damon talking about John Malkovich, yeah. like showing when he finally up. Shows up on the set, and it was like this: "Oh, John Malkovich is coming. He's coming. This is right before like." The gigantic like blow up of, of being John Malkovich, yeah. but John Malkovich is still Which, like after amazing watching, at this after point. After watching that interview, and then you watch the movie, you realize he's not in the movie all that much. He's no, he's in not. the most, the two most crucial. He scenes. never, he never leaves but that. It set. makes sense that he shows up for like a day or two to do those. Totally, scenes. yeah. They could and shoot those just, two, yeah. those scenes that he's and the in. The rest in is like two days. Yeah. Anyway, mm-hmm. yeah. and he's and he's just got this accent that. 20 years removed from 1998 and it's just become a part of like the cinematic spectrum and you're like that's an amazing character look yeah. at that accent look at what he's doing look at when you really think about it when away he, with. Yeah. he's getting away with this insane russian i guess accent? it's russian yeah it is but it's he sounds like a bad guy on uh, uh, rocky right? and bullwinkle like that's he's just like put it, yeah. moose and squirrel yeah you come to the yes, you're like he's insane in this movie. Watching him, I would love to see how many takes he got. But there's a thing where it's like he's not speaking his native tongue, so you can kind of do an accent if you're not pretending like it's your native tongue any way you want, especially if you're someone like him who you know, mm-hmm. you're Teddy KGB, you speak a certain way, it's like a brilliant he is amazing in this movie every scene that he's in there's a reason i think that they pepper him in at the beginning and then they come back to him as the big bad at the end yeah because it makes the ending you're well, just waiting kinda, for like, it he, he's they talk about him throughout the movie like he's a big bad he's apollo creed and, he's apollo but creed he's not Rocky. a big bad you never see any outward like he doesn't go punch a dog in the corner oh the no that, and i think that that's what's really cool is like but he's not yeah. a bad dude yeah. he's like you know grandma's kind of like a shitty yeah. guy like he's yeah. like full of he's himself a, i'm fucking these bras and we're doing yeah. cocaine and i'm eating my my ice cream with a wooden yeah, stick yeah. Hey, <laughs> what's going on come on in i'm in my underwear yeah. But like uh, Teddy KGB is a is a uh, respectable dude. Uh, he is the force that our hero is up against, which, make, which makes him the big bad. That doesn't necessarily yeah. make him a bad guy. And I really like that we were talking about when we just watched it. He uh, Matt Damon has that line while they're playing, where he's you know he's just trying to like uh, like get him into like calling him on his check, where he says like, yeah. "Or oh, I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to call you, or I'm just gonna not respect myself in the morning." Yeah. And Teddy KGB has that line Wait, where he this says, "This is on the last hand you're talking about." This is on the last hand, yeah. Okay. And Teddy KGB says, "Oh yes, respect right. is the only thing that you're gonna yeah. have in the yeah. morning." And it's a throwaway line, but at the end of the day, it's Teddy KGB saying, "I respect you, even if I beat you right now." how you've done everything right here and how you've played this whole story, I respect you for this. And that's, that's, that's the, that's the it, least of which, that's what's there. going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. that's why at the end, when he does beat him, he's just like, no, we're not going to just throw this guy in the fucking river, which yeah. they very easily could. You know, also, I don't remember what it was that Michael or Damon's character says to KGB, at the, but he's got a little bit of worm in him when he provokes him at that last minute and you see the two henchmen start to oh, close yeah. in on him. Oh, yeah. And KGB is like, nyeh, nyeh, nyeh. Can we yeah. also call back real quick? You made the, you did the sound earlier, but now that we're talking about Teddy KJB singularly, uh, 
when he's just like, I stick it in you. When I when I stuck it, it and it, my is favorite that part not about like that? the most disgusting? Uh, like what? And he does it. He does he it does for it. like a solid five seconds. He does. He does it for a solid five seconds. My favorite part about that is then he goes back to watching the soccer game. He's watching the soccer game, and then he completely he knows he made his point. He's like, <laughs> he's like, you're it's, still you're still down so twenty grand in the great. grand scheme yeah. of things. I pay you with your money. It's, yeah. uh, it's fine. <laughs> And I feel like I'm doing a more realistic Russian accent than he is. And my Russian Probably. accent is terrible. Like, he's just like, I pay you with your money. Yeah. Like, he's going out of control. And that's what makes John Malkovich a great actor, uh-huh. is that he can go so over the top with not just accents, but his physicality and what he's doing with his face. I don't know if we landed that. And he can make it seem real. Mm-hmm. Like, that's what makes him well, a great actor. he's so actor. captivating it. Doesn't he's matter what his accent is. Absolutely. It doesn't matter. He's embodying. I don't that's, know what that's, it is. That's having that shit. And, and to come full it. circle, I don't know if we got it out, but in that little you know YouTube clip interview with Matt Damon, we got distracted because we're having so much fun and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. But he comes in, and he does that scene, and everyone's watching. It's like Malkovich is on set, and he's he comes out of the gate and does mm-hmm. his KGB. And Damon's looking at him. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. Whatever <laughs> the fuck. Like, he's just like, you'll give me Oreo cookies. You want the cookie? Yeah. And you're like, and, what is this? And apparently Damon was like, are you seriously going to be doing that? And That's leans, how you're going to take it? And, yeah. He leans across the table and says something like... I'm not very good at this or whatever. No, he says he leans in and uh, John Malkovich leans into the table while the cameras aren't rolling and they're preparing for the next take. And he, he leans in and he's like, Matt Damon, come here. And he's like, come, yeah. here, come here. And he fingers them together. Like, come here real quick. And he says, I'm not a very good actor. I'm not a very good actor. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, it's very funny because it's. Which loosens everything that's, up. That's John Malkovich's whole bit in, in interviews. He's like, yeah. I don't think I'm a big good actor. All of you people are fools. Like, I don't mean to fool you, but apparently, you got, like, it's his humble way of, like, being like, I don't deserve what you guys are giving me because he very much is over the top, you know, and he's, it's in the same way that Jim Carrey is not a good actor. He's very over the top. And oh, that's, please. No, 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 no. Are and you going to make us, no, 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 like, no, no, no. Let me, here? No, let me okay, finish. finish. Let me finish. You're, you're going to like what I have to say. Uh, well, and I'll he, be the judge of that. And he, yes, you will. And he, Jim Carrey is a very over the top actor. And that's what makes him such an amazing comedian. Top 10 comedians cinematically of all because time. Because of commitment. Value. Because of commitment yeah. to finding the route, the route to be able to perform this either comedic or dramatic character and going for it. And that's what Realism makes him. be damned. That's what makes him yeah. so good as a dramatic actor. Like even in a movie like The Bad Batch from last year. Did you see The Bad Batch? No, I not. He's in that and he Wait, is Jim phenomenal. He's a, he's a side character for a little bit. Um, you can barely recognize him, and he's he's phenomenal in it. Like he's he's an amazing actor by just kind of honing just just honing in on that over the top acting, which they teach you in acting class to not do. Like you need to go there, but you also need to restrain yourself to stay here. Like that's mm-hmm. that's like a code, and that's what keeps you grounded. Like go dramatic, go out there. But also at the same time, keep it grounded and keep it realistic so that it's relatable. 
Mm-hmm. And only people like Al Pacino, Christopher Walken, Jim Carrey, John Malkovich, they have the power to be Robert De Niro. Mm-hmm. They have the power to just exude this exaggerated form of personality and reality. But they can keep it together where you're like, yeah, I can see a person acting like that. Totally. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes them so good. That's why Robert De Niro can I'm play a character like Taxi these. Driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Travis Bickle and can also play like his character in like Casino or Goodfellas which is kind of grounded and more down to earth and just reactionary essentially Matt Damon in this movie just being like why are you always fucking around what are you fucking around for but Casino or Goodfellas those characters being grounded Uh, those are pretty grounded characters they're very they're they're very tame they know what they are they're tame even though they're doing crazy things what makes his character in Goodfellas specifically so intimidating and scary is how Mm -hmm. tame he is until he blows up and even when he blows up the only anger you're getting out of him is like his eyebrows change a little and like his mouth is like a little angry Mm -hmm. like when he's kicking the shit out of that guy at the bar like that's all you get we've Mm -hmm. talked about time and time again one of the greatest cinematic moments in all of movie making Yep. 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 Yeah. Yeah. Jimmy. In Goodfellas, when when Robert De Niro yeah. is talking to Ray Liotta's wife, and she's there to like pick up a couch or something, Brocco, and he's just like, go right in there, right, the, right, yeah. right, right in there, yeah, 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 right in there, and he's and he's like just kind of motioning his hand, like, yeah, 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 go right, go right in there, and she runs away. One of the greatest moments ever. Totally. Yeah. Uh-huh. He's on. Jimmy is unhinged at that moment, though, and she knows it. But, but even in that though, unhinged moment, totally he you. still totally grounds it. And that's what I'm talking about. We know that he's unhinged yeah. because of what he's been through and what we've seen him do. But in that moment, Robert De Niro plays it nice and yeah. clean and grounded in this yeah. kind of subversive, exaggerated way. And that's John yeah. Malkovich does this in this movie uh, every line <laughs> that he speaks, every shot, every time he's in the frame. He's doing something like that's just like when the way he splashes yeah. the chips. Like it's he's. Well, it's an amazing performance. Uh, it's so good. It kind of goes along with what we're talking about, and I am sure to lose, lose myself right now, but we decided to do this pod randomly because we wanted to do, like, or discussion because we wanted to do, I was pushing for maybe, like, a sports movie, mm. and I love all the sports references in this. And there was a Walt Frazier, Earl the Pearl reference in there i think i'm getting uh, and there was like a, a red sox thing it's not that's not the point the point is oh boy i'm about <laughs> to lose myself okay we're speaking in terms if you can help me get back to the beginning of where we're at like the balance between a, okay I, I remember malkovich's aggression towards the role kind of abandoning realism and I think it kind of goes along. It's almost like a sport where it's like you have to have the ultimate aggression, but also the ultimate. Um, junk, 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 junk. Uh, not resistance is an R word. Uh, anyway. Uh, uh, Malkovich's all-out abandonment in his acting style of reality of reality yeah. is a tie-in to the sports metaphor where it's like you hit that perfect place between aggression and totally 
pers- like understanding and repetition and uh, what was the word we're using at the top of this whole thing where it's like um, rounders responsibility almost. Oh, there you go. Okay. Responsibility to yourself and to the art. And then it comes back all the way to what we we're talking about, what it means to be a good person. Totally. You have to approach things with the right amount of aggression. Mm-hmm. Oh, look at it. What a stretch. But no, no, the right no, no, no. I, you are completely but correct. But with yeah. a little bit of uh, self-awareness. Absolutely. And that's his, that's his mob mentality More aggression that he has. Like he's, than he's, self-awareness. He's, he's, but that goes he's, with the poker now. He's part too. of the Russian mob. Yeah. Yeah. And so he's got this, like, when you first walk in, his back is turned while he's, like, eating a sandwich. And he's like... Yeah. You sure you want to play? Yeah. Like he does that, but it's like he's. It's also like he he has this front. That's his go. He has mm-hmm. that power going into the table. I am affiliated with the Russian American mob. Mm-hmm. My name is Teddy KGB. Everybody knows about me. If you're in this place playing at a table with me, you know who I am. And he uses that. To his advantage so I didn't in take poker, it that way as, like right, but I that's what he does. Like, like it's it's not as much as like a big play. Like you know who I am. I I take what he's doing. You know, it's all the same. They're both probably right to some degree. Uh, as more of a a play in a one on one interaction, right? Like I'm gonna disrespect you just the right amount mm-hmm. to keep you on your toes. Absolutely, it has nothing to do with whether he knows who he is or not. Mm-hmm. It's more like. This is what I... That's did. poker play. Exactly. Ev- oh, ev- oh, I see where you're going every here. Hand, oh, here we go. Every hand is you have to check yourself and like, okay, based on what I've done before in this game that I've played on all the other hands, how do I react to the fact that I have these cards or how do I, for even a better term, not react mm-hmm. to these? Like, how do I play the guys that I've been playing? Because like they say, you play... The man, not not the Which, cards. Which, by the way, I stuff. thought was an interesting choice where they're in their last hand. And, okay, so Damon, Michael, Michael, Michael. He flops the nut straight <laughs> and has to downplay it as if he doesn't have it. KGB thinks he's chasing a straight. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I would assume he's either got pocket aces or, as you said, maybe at least an ace, which paired it because we're left to oh, assume no, no, no. he missed yeah, a yeah. straight. We were talking about this before while we were watching the movie. Uh, I find it... Which I, is a tangent you I, didn't mean to I get think on, it's su- No, 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 this, this is good because I definitely yeah, yeah. wanted to cover this before we close out. Uh, I think it's really interesting that we never see anybody's cards besides Matt Damon's. Yeah. Even when Edward Norton, when Worm is like feeding him his stuff, we don't see what Edward Norton's really giving him himself. We don't actually. There yeah, yeah. isn't a single it's moment. It's always you him. See, you're, He's, yeah. He is our surrogate He's into nar- this He's game. He's the narrator. Mm-hmm. He's the protagonist. Yep. And it's. Yeah. I think it's really fun that when we're seeing Matt Damon really go for this and he's attempting to do the thing that uh, Johnny Chan did with just checking... And you got the nuts. You got the straight nuts. It's right well, there. Well, they lead you to believe that that's the most uh, esteemed or, or the best, like the biggest, uh, the best thing you can do strategically within a poker game is to let someone lead themselves into their own demise, which I mm-hmm. think I believe 
is true. And we're and you were saying we don't see anyone else's hands except for his. Yeah. So we and don't just, we don't know in that last hand what John Malkovich has. What we're led to believe what we're supposed to be paying attention to rather is that Matt Damon is doing what Johnny Chan did that we saw earlier on in the 1988-89 World Championship yeah. video that he was watching where he's the the announcers even tell us it's very difficult to do this where you hit the nuts on the flop and you just check you act and you keep checking yeah. and you just react to what they're doing and just you know your goal and just follow them, them and in. do all that and, yeah. and like act like they got that whole thing where Johnny Chan like gives that eye look and oh my Which, god by look the at way, the eye look at the okay um don't follow hold on okay, so okay, right yeah, on, on first right yeah, on this yeah, guy. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, the I like in Casino Royale as a really good example, yeah. and many many other poker gambling movies like from The Sting or uh, The Gambler, stuff like that that we were talking about beforehand uh, off mic. Uh, you usually are invited to see what everybody has, so that or especially you, when you're watching on ESPN, you know what everyone exactly, has. and and, and they're the going they're of, going for that not idea. Not only hindsight, but right. you, yeah, you're good. In this one, it's more we are putting our faith in Matt Damon as our surrogate hero poker player to do the right and we thing. we've got the we, we we've got to the we've got the eight nine we got the yeah, eight yeah. nine and it's six seven ten out there. Yeah, he's got the straight. He fucking hit it. He checks. Uh. Malkovich, two comes down. Teddy KGB tosses in some stuff. He even he fucking he straight he calls up says, it, which two is a version out. of that narration. Where mm-hmm. he even says like, "You're chasing a straight. You don't have it. You don't have it." Yep. And he leads him to believe like that's the why he puts the aces down. The a, the ace of spades finally comes like, out. And he puts it down. He's like, to see. he's like, even if that's what you were running for, but I can see that it's not. Because Matt Damon's read on that Ace of Spades is he doesn't fucking care about it. And it's in that moment, Teddy KGB thinks that he owns uh, Mikey McD, but he does not. In this particular case, it's worth noting, is not only he owns him in that hand, he literally owns him. Owns. He can do whatever he wants Mm -hmm. with his flesh and bones. (laughs) <laughs> like right. he's in debt and it's, majorly. It's the opposite of like we were talking about uh, how y- you always remember the big losses, and the yeah. big losses always come from when you yourself have like a pretty monster hand, but the other person just has a beast of a monster hand, yeah. and they're able to grab you. And that's earlier on. He's got a full house. Uh, well, yeah, well, he's got a full cards, house. Nines that full is of aces. My least favorite way of being beat. Being beat, but that's by the way the you're always. Full house. That's what you're always going to be his, beat on. So Damon's aggression and confidence was so blinding that he didn't even see there was a possibility. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many times has that happened to you? Where it's just Couple. like you know, there's a bigger full house. Couple. I mean, me and you have Somewhere been in hands before. Inside. I think actually and, we you had. Don't a, even let yourself acknowledge that it's there. Me and you specifically had a hand, one on one, where we both had full houses. Yeah. You had the higher one, and and you took it. You were Teddy KGB, and I, I was Michael yeah. McDee. Yeah. yeah, and you got me, and I was super upset because I lost. But at the at the end of the day, you're just like, there's no other way to play a full house. But you, like but that. if you're Damon, okay, so you don't have to spend your full bankroll thirty grand 
Right, and you, you, and you said that, no, no, no. I'm right interrupting play. you right now. You made the and right you, play, and you kind of. But you said while we were watching, you're like, well, yeah, you don't have to go all in. But you yourself, Timothy, are a huge guy that like you yeah, like to do the all I in. Yeah, but I go all in with like normally, my tips for the night. And normally, I'm not going all in with and like normally my it, it works. It works together yeah. for six months, right? And that's that's why that's why these guys are thirty grand. I wouldn't call you on that fucking shit. Right. That's why these guys are sick. <laughs> like they're like it's insane that they're doing that one's this. More yeah. fun it's that, well, I think no, that to round <laughs> to, to round this conversation off right here and to kind of close the podcast okay. as well. I think that me and you are you, you got to end it sometime, buddy. I think that me and you our romance, our love affair with poker relies on the fact that we're never really getting too deep in because we're playing friends. And sometimes, hey, sometimes those big blinds can get high. And sometimes, hey, that pot can get a little bit heavy. Absolutely. But we're never dealing with anywhere near the money that these guys are dealing with on a one-on-one. Like, I remember you pointed out while we were watching. It's still kind of relative, though. Like, you do fuck your life up a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, Okay, yeah, that's not where you're going. Go ahead. You were pointing out that, wait, do they just go head-to-head? At the end here, they do, yeah, Teddy like, KGB I, I, and Matt yeah. Damon, and I was like, no, I don't think they go head to head right away. That'd be a little crazy. I thought like they they get everybody else yeah. out of the table, and then it's just them. No, it's like a it's like a showdown at and sunrise KGB kind of like, thing. If they, you're gonna they, do this, we're gonna do this. And the yeah. first hand, Matt Damon's just like all in, all in with his and he kings. fucking pushes. And he him. says the only thing that could beat me right now is aces, and I should fold because it's. There's a possibility I'm going to be cracked, and I need this stack to make a run. And just as he convinces you that he's going to do the right thing, he does the right thing. Mm-hmm. And call and KGB folds, I believe. There he does. Yeah. Take yeah. it. Take. Take. Oh, take so he comes it. in so aggressive, like this. Guy. It's your rake. Yep. Yep. It's it's a very good movie. The movie's very good. We were talking about on our last break that we have very little... Without trying to step on We have very this. little negative, almost zero negative things to say about the movie. Like, in oh, terms yeah. of like I want to mention one is. thing, though. Yeah, 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 please. When in that last hand... Okay, like, I want to be just the skeptic in, in me. Like the last hand seems a little too obvious for me. And on the first watch, I assume he's got two aces, got trip aces, thinks Damon was chasing a straight, but you informed me he didn't have to have two aces. The poker's irrelevant. Um, well, it's not irrelevant. It's kind of fun. <laughs> uh, okay. Tim. Hey, buddy. How you doing over there? What's, what you talking about? Uh, can't remember, bro. I'm very sorry. I gave you a lot of whiskey. Why'd you, why do you keep doing this to me? You bring me well, on. You try and humiliate I'm me. I'm not humiliating you. It's, <laughs> I can't drink as much as you do because I have to I have to try and keep oh, some semblance. Oh, I remember now. I remember yeah. now. See, I'm not, I'm not completely lost You're not yet. gone. I got okay, you. Okay, what I meant to say is Matt Damon... Figures out KGB's tell with the Oreos. Yes. And Which just, is kind of silly. It, 
It's very silly. It's very silly. But they make a big triumphant, uh, I think there's strings behind it probably. There's some totally. situation. Mm-hmm. As there should be. And then KGB throws the Oreos against the wall, hits Grandma. <laughs> hits and, Grandma and with and a Oreo couple of Oreos. bounces yeah. off Grandma's head. Which Grandma totally eats some of those Oreos. Yeah, but you, you see that look on Grandma's face? It was like, I know this guy's kind of my boss, but... I'm not going to put up, you know, like, you hit me in the head with your Oreo. What a great scene. Mm-hmm. So, Well, he's got a sweet he tooth. He likes, he likes the, the ice cream. to the point where he is, he throws, he disposes of his tail. And Matt Damon says something. I don't know what the fuck he says. He I'm says that drunk. it's he even, says it's, like, it's, I, if I were better than this, I would have let him keep those Oreos on the table. But he provoked him, made him throw the Oreos. Mm-hmm. To so, shake him so, up. So now, to shake him up, which was more important than keeping his tail on the table. Mm-hmm. Because now he's playing just the man. Yep. No Oreos. Totally. No cigarettes. No tells No tells. And that's, I like that they, they in a very yeah. organic, fun, yeah. entertaining, yeah. visually, yeah. cinematically way, they get rid of the tell. So now it's just two guys. I love that moment too, KGB. He's eating that last Oreo and he stares off to the he left. Folds off, off the, off to a the monster. Distance. Why are you laying out a halt? Yeah. Can I get one more little gripe before we wrap this guy up? Sure. I was bemoaning and being a shitty asshole about the poker player. And I was like, yeah, they mostly got the poker right. I have no idea what it's like to play in a high stakes game, but how did they. Like all this splashing, like, please don't splash your chips. Mm-hmm. And he's like, I'll splash the chips in my house whenever I want to. Uh-huh. But so many of these movies, it's like, they'll just do a big old push yeah, without counting it. And it's like, how do they remember the money in the pot? You know, it's like, are we just going to throw our money out there? There's not a dealer. There's not someone to count it out. And they're not just throwing it. It's just like, they're splashing that This is, uh This is very much, uh, you're right. A little nitpick. We are not. That's all. No, no, no. We are not involved in these high stake kind of games. Yeah. So they have guys around that are watching what's going on. Yeah, that's probably that come in and like they're both security guards and also they're keeping count of what's happening. And when there's an all in, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. But it and does. I, him making that splash comment, Matt Damon saying like, "Can you please not splash the tip, the the chips?" Was a it's provoking. It's provoking him. Yeah, and then his response it a, to it is an obvious sign that he yeah. is being provoked. That he is yeah. he's splashing the chips for a reason. So and again, it's a little Very obvious. It's a little yeah. obvious in hindsight, but at the end of the day, like pushing the chips in, this is an all in. Like when you push the chips in, and you know this too, mm-hmm. when you push chips in, it's because this is an end all be all. It's one on one. Whoever wins this hand is taking everything. It's not going to be a draw. You push them in because the stacks no longer matter. It's I'm all in. Here you go. What do you got? And and it also looks really cool <laughs> for a movie. No, it looks it. really cool to see beautiful. Matt Damon just push all of his chips in there. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say, too, real quick, like the tiniest smallest oh, like over like little, little nitpick, bike, little thing you got right nitpick too? it's not a nitpick no okay. it's a thing that i really like about the movie how they go to different uh different types of games on different levels and different yeah, places which is part of the different of the chips movie. at every place yes which all is these hard different tips to keep track of. it's hard to keep track He's of and Johnny i think that's Chan on purpose and you're like he goes into a game where you can't 
buy in for, or you can't make a real dent unless you have, I don't know, whatever the fuck amount of money with it. And he went it with $6,000. He's like, I just want mm-hmm. to sit with him. Yeah. And then you see the chips and you're like, does that make it? Okay. Anyway. Well, yeah, because yeah, that's when he's that at, that's when you he's know, in Atlantic City, and he's like, oh, we wanted to really get to that hand actually, because we at the beginning top of this, we were talking about you don't see anyone else's cards, and I think the most important poker hand of the thing is when he bluffs Johnny Chan. Chan? Yeah, and you don't see what Johnny Chan's hand is. Uh, I don't think he, you don't see either of them. No, you don't see whatever. No, I think uh, which is there's truly. A man to man. He says that he says, that, he dog, says he uh, Matt, he Matt Damon shit, says he doesn't tell you what he has. He says he's he's got rags. He's rags. got nothing. Yeah, yeah. But he's gonna push him anyway. But fuck it. Because fuck it. Because he wants Usually he wants to see instinct. if he can hit but that is the, most the world triumphant champion. Poker moments. Like whether you're a bluffer or not, the most triumphant moments are when you bluff someone out. Mm-hmm. End of story. Totally. Which you know. <laughs> I'm gonna wrap this up wrap right it, now baby. because it, me and you if got you can't do it. I certainly you, can't. Me and you have tons more conversations to have yeah. off mic about this right now. Yeah. But I think that we have uh, held your attention now for just long enough. Uh, so oh, no, they're gone. They're gone. Yeah, no, they already not left. Oh, are you still? Are you it's still there? You're still there. Okay. Oh, jeez. You can say whatever you well, want. Well, I mean, if you are still there, uh, please uh, check out more podcasts. Over on Story Screen Presents, you can find it on any iTunes, wherever you found this podcast. Also, go over to storyscreenbeacon.com. We have a bunch of articles and reviews written by local writers. Uh, really amazing stuff over there. I'm not just saying that because some of it is mine and some of it, all of it, are very close friends of mine. That's amazing stuff. You got to go check it out. Follow us on Instagram at story underscore screen underscore beacon. We got a lot of really fun stuff going on over there. We're about to start doing some um, sweepstakes, like competition kind of stuff for uh, winning some free Blu-rays and everything that we're being gifted. It's going to be a blast. Follow us so you can win some free shit. That's pretty much what I'm saying. And um, other than that, I uh, hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. Wait, did I, before we end here. This yeah. is ending. The, yeah, this is me yeah, ending. Yeah, I know you're trying to do that. I'm going to debunk that. Okay. Did I convince you he's a good person? He's a good guy. Or at least a... I wouldn't say he's a good person. At least a mediocre person? No, I would go so far as to say he's a good guy. Okay, He's not a good person. He's not a good person. I won. You won. You got him. Okay, that's all I needed to hear. He still makes some really shitty decisions and fucks up a lot of people's lives. Bad choices do not mean bad person. (laughs) No, it doesn't. You would know that Uh, more than a lot of people. You You can start over if you want. You want to just start it all over? Again? You want to for the, for the third time? Yeah. There's still... Uh, Tim, thank you so much for joining me, man. Thank you, Mike. Love you, bubby. It's a handshake. Yeah. Podcast. Let's hey, little, little cheers. cheers. Let's yep. finish these guys up. Mm. And again, please check out all the other uh, podcasts that we have. Uh, we got some hot takes. We got some Seriously, overdrinkers. drinkers. not kidding. Story Screen Beacon is cool. It's very cool, it right? Is. It's just cool. Yeah. It's just a cool thing well, to do, that, so you that, should like definitely check out more adjusted. of it. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. So uh, thanks again, guys, and we will see you next time. What are we doing next? Me and you? Yeah. I don't know. Well, like, maybe something a little less serious. Mm. Like, maybe we'll do something like like some comedy that doesn't have real-life consequences. And a comedy? A, that we don't have to project all over. I really like uh, Coen Brothers comedies. Oh. Yeah. Okay. What do you think about that? Yeah. 
thing about. You would you consider Lewin Davis a comedy? Inside Lewin Davis. Inside Lewin Davis. That well, so I'll project yeah, it's a little bit of a that comedy. Too. That's actually a perfect, a perfect idea. That one yeah. Too, okay. Yeah, okay. No, no, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That sounds good. All right. Well, uh, me and Tim will see you next time on the Overdrinkers for Inside Lewin Davis, the Coen yeah. Brothers joint. Uh, but remember also, we've got a bunch of other shows and overdrinkers coming up right yeah. now. We're entering um, uh, Avengers Infinity You're War season. A huge stage right now. Oh, we are entering oh, yeah. a big one right now. Where we're going to have a lot it. of episodes coming out. Just swinging away. We really haven't covered a lot of uh, Marvel movies on any of the podcasts. That can't be true. It's true. No, we, you guys are all about the Marvel movies. We love that. the Marvel movies, but we've really only covered the new ones that have come out in the past uh, year mm. since we started. So we haven't really done any retrospectives. So we've got uh, a couple over drinkers coming out on uh, both the Avengers. I think we're doing an Incredible Hulk. Uh, uh, really excited about talking about the daddy issues in Guardians of the Galaxy with my boy Ooh. Rob Abe. It's going to be fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can so, I just like, it's an over drinkers? It's an over drinkers, yeah. Can I just sit in the room and drink and be quiet? You want to be on the Guardians? I don't have to say overdrinkers? anything. I just want to no, sit no, in the corner and in. drink. Totally. Okay. Yeah, we'll totally oh, oh, do that. Let me in. Oh, that's going to be fun. We're going to do it next month. Yeah, cool. Cheers. Cheers. And to all of you, thank you again so much for listening. And um, listen to this great music produced by our boy, Von Holt, who makes all of our Ooh, original music Von, for free Von because Holt. he is a boss. He's an ace. He's an ace. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye-bye. Check, mic check, mic check. Mic check from this side. Mic check. Michael. Mic check. Mike. Michael. Mike check. Mike check. Michael check. Michael check. Michael. Check Burge. M- Michael McD check. <laughs> <sighs> okay.